who here feels fairly somewhat depressed because of the state of our nation? And then when you are in conversations with uh, even fellow Christians, guess what is the talk? Is how terrible things are. We almost can't help it. But at our our prayer time on Thursday, Thursday this week or previous Thursday, we were just discussing this concept about we being the light. Us, Jesus in us, helping us to be the light in in a darkened world. And that we are the hope bearers. The hope bearers. As difficult as it is, or it might seem, we are still the ones who hold and bring hope to a uh, firstly, to a lost and dying world through the Holy Spirit for <coughs> salvation, but of course for each other. Um, in that, yes, things are falling apart, or it seems as though, but actually, we have been placed here for a good reason. And the good reason is God's. We don't always understand it, we don't always see it in, in full, but He knows best. He still has a plan. So for this country, He has a plan. For you here, he has a plan. Do you believe that? It's not a motivational talk. It's just what the Bible says. And with, with looking at the Word of God, we continue with our study um, of the book of uh, Philippians chapter 2. Uh, last week we looked at the results of Jesus' um, mentality. In other words, we looked at um, what God Thank you. Yeah, so last week we looked at what God did for Jesus because of his mentality. And we said the title and theme for last week's message was Jesus Highly Exalted. The title and theme will continue this morning. We looked at what, how Jesus humbled himself, came down to earth, put aside his deity, came to earth as a man, and because of his humility, going on to the cross, dying a horrible death for you and I, we saw what Jesus did, I mean what God did for him. We looked at the idea of reward. Jesus was motivated by reward. In fact, and I said, I made the statement that, um, I don't know about you, but in my my younger years, I've had this idea that reward is bad. Like, I, don't, I, I must live this life um, not necessarily motivated by reward. Because if I'm motivated by reward, I'm actually being maybe somewhat selfish. But we looked at Scripture and we saw that um, Jesus himself was motivated by reward. And this reward that God gives or gave Jesus, was because of his ability to be humble. And if you don't believe 
me, Scripture says in Hebrews 12 verse 2, it was because of the joy set before him, Jesus Christ, that he endured the cross, despising the shame. Because of the joy that was set before him. That is reward. There will be joy after uh, the, the, the work that he did, the path that he, that he, that he walked. There will be joy. That's the reward that God gave his son Jesus. And so we continue. Philippians 2 verse 9 says this. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth. Verse 11. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So Jesus did what he needed to do out of obedience. God gave him a reward for this joy set before him. He endured the cross. He did all of this. He came because he loves us, because he wants to set us free, he wants to save us. But all of those things, even us living in this, uh, on this earth, the things that we do for Christ, the things that we do for God, I ask the question, um, it would have been easier the day that you were saved, we got taken up to heaven. Because we wouldn't have to worry and wonder and go through the hassle that we go through. But Jesus decided that's not going to be the case. He has decided that you're going to remain here on earth for a certain time. And um, I said, then, how am I, how are we to live this life unto God? How are we to live this life in a way that pleases God? And one way we are able to do that is if we look at the reward that God has for us because of our obedience here on earth. That should be able to be one that motivates us to live this Christian life in a way that will bring God the glory. And in verse 11 towards the end it says, Jesus did all of that to the glory of God the Father. So us living this life for Jesus and, and the way God has planned, it is actually for God's glory. The reward that he gives us, it's for his glory. That has given me a bit of... Um, bit of motivation. Because I, I, I sometimes complain to my wife and say, man, Christianity is hard. It's hard. And then she would rebuke me and say, how can you say that? The, the, the walk with God is amazing. It's a gift. This, this life of Christianity is a gift. Yes, it's hard, but it's a gift. But then I realize, I say it's hard because I'm trying to do it in my own strength. Trying to do it in my own strength, and I'm also not maybe motivated with the things that God has for us in the future. So I said, it is okay. It is okay for us to be motivated for, uh, towards reward, to have that mindset as we live this life. It is okay. It is not sinful. It doesn't dishonor God. 
it is okay because Jesus himself, the Son of God, lived with the motivation of reward that he would receive. So if he did it, we can do it as well. And that's okay. So we are here, and it says that um, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We quote that scripture, we, we, we pray about that scripture. Uh, I even was tempted to pray this morning that this country will, uh, will, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. And that will, will happen. But then we need to maybe ask ourselves, take one step back and ask ourselves, what does it actually mean? What does it actually mean? And when will it happen? Because if I look at the world, if I look at us, if I look at the, where we find ourselves, many knees are not bind to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. In fact, they're far from it. Far from it. Now, the commentators tell us that um, this phrase, every knee shall bow, comes from the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Is it Isaiah or Isaiah? Africa, Isaiah. It says in the last half of the book, chapter 43 to 66, God prophesies through Isaiah the coming comfort to his people, Israel, who are in exile in Babylon for the covenant unfaithfulness. So this particular scripture Every new word by and every tongue will confess is actually one that comes from the Old Testament in Isaiah. That, and that particular passage in Isaiah is found in Isaiah 45, verse 23. Isaiah 45, verse 23, which reads this way. By myself I have sworn, from my mouth has gone out in righteousness a word that shall not return. It shall not return to me. Every knee shall bow and every tongue shall swear allegiance of faithfulness. And if you look back, the, the, the main thrust of the overall passage is that God is the only one who can save his people. So his people in, in the Old Testament, it was only God who can save them. It wasn't, you know, these, the, his people would look to idols to try and find some sort of um, redemption, some sort of salvation. Just like us today, maybe we look for uh, some sort of um, uh, re- redemption in the government, for instance, or the money that we, we have, the economy, maybe our spouses. We look for some sort of redemption from all these things, which is what they were doing. But the overall thrust was that um, God is the only one who can save people. Not idols, not man-made stuff, not regulations, not religious ways. No, God in his merciful heart. Because God is God and there is no other. He is God and there is no other. Those who turn from their idols will be saved. But those who do not 
will be ashamed. So the, Isaiah makes a clear, a clear um, um, picture here. God is the one who saves. It is not idols. It's not the king. It's not the things that you've created. Not the systems. God is the one who saves. Don't look to those things for, for salvation. Don't look to, to those things for redemption. Don't look for the, to those things for, to uplift you. You have to look to God. The creator of the heavens and the earth. And so we see Paul quotes this passage of scripture twice. Once in Romans and again now in Philippians. The context in Romans was um, he was writing about Christian liberty. We won't spend time there. But he was trying to address Christian liberty. Today, in Philippians, he, he tries to encourage the, the, the Philippian church, showing them how Christianity, how we ought to live our lives, governed by the humility that we see in Jesus Christ. This is where he says we are to consider others better than ourselves. We should actually look to the interest of others more than ourselves. So in Philippians now, as, as we've, we've been speaking about this for a while now, the crux of it has been attitude Humility and our mentality. Attitude, humility, and our mentality. Jesus' mentality was to please God. How is our mentality? And then I made another comment. I said, I always used to argue, or not argue, I always to wonder Man, it's, it's hard. Jesus was Jesus. He was the son of God here on earth. Yes, I understand. He became human. But I'm not Jesus. I'm not, I don't have those qualities. I'm not so close to, to, to God the Father. How am I to live this life? How am I to, to glorify God? And I used to have these excuses. And then, and then I, I, through reading the word of God, realized that that's just what it is, an excuse. Why? Because Jesus lives in me. Jesus lives in our hearts. The word is clear. He lives in our hearts because we have accepted him. And therefore we can call out to God. We have access to God. Directly to God. He, he, he might seem as though he's distant. He might seem as though he's in heaven. And we're down here on earth. Which is true. But he's close here. He's with us. We can cast demons out. In the name of Jesus. We can lay our hands on those who are sick and they will recover in the name of Jesus. We can preach the word of God in Jesus' name and hearts are turned around. Hearts are turned around. And so Paul, in both Romans and Philippians, 
speaks about this scripture, that every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to God for God's glory. And if you go back and look at our lives, we, I mean, we are all uh, um, children of God. We've been serving Him for a while. But let me remind you that during the first Advent, uh, Christ came in humiliation. He came in humiliation and died a humiliating death on the cross for the sins of the world. That's you and I. We know that's a past. Can I remind us of what's going to happen in the future? When Christ comes back, his second advent, Christ will come with power as conquering king. As conquering king. Do you believe that? The Christ is indeed coming back. And when he comes back, he will put things in order. He will, he will wrap up things that need to be wrapped up. And he will bring back order back into, into what needs to take place. He has said it. He came back. I mean, he came first as, um, in a humiliating way. He was humiliated. He was thrown. Um, he was accused. He was mocked and all those things. When he comes back for the second time, he will come back as a king. And guess what? When that happens... Every knee and every tongue will confess that we, we will have no, no choice. For us who are saved, it will be a delight. Because we've lived all this, we've read this, we've believed it, and we will see it. And when he comes, we will glorify him. But for those who have not accepted him, those who do not know him, will not have a choice. They will also bow at their knee and confess that he is the king of king, kings. And so there's one particular thing that we ought to learn from this. One lesson for us who are living now. One lesson. For you and I. That lesson is this. Is that we must heed to the warning of the writer of Hebrews who said, So, as the Holy Spirit says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts as you did in the rebellion during the time of testing in the desert where your fathers tested and tried me and for 40 years so that what I did And that is why I was angry with their generation. And I said, their hearts are always going astray. And they have not known my ways. So I declared on oath in my anger, they shall never enter my rest. We have to take heed. When the Holy Spirit speaks to us today, that we are to listen. We are to be quick in our obedience. Because as we are quick in our obedience, it, it uh, brings God the glory and it protects, us, it protects our hearts from being hard. It protects our hearts from being hard.
<laughs> so this is the motivation we have. This is the motivation I have. This is the motivation you have, us as children of God. When the Spirit of God say, uh, says, do this, we have to do it. We have to be quick in responding in obedience to Him. Because that will protect our hearts from being hard. But it will also bring glory to the King of Kings. And as it brings glory to Him, God the Father, so the plans that He has for you and I will artwork themselves out. Remember the word says that we, see, we only see in part. We don't see the full picture. We only see in part. And the Holy Spirit reveals a few. As we take one step at a time, so He reveals things. And as He reveals those things, we had, and He says, do this, we have to do it. Without hesitating, without holding back. And when I make that statement, I know it's a little bit hard because, well, how do you know if it's God? Well, if you spend time with God, you will know the voice of God. It says, my, my, children, my sheep know my voice. So when the, the, she, um, the chief shepherd comes and speaks, we will know that it's a chief shepherd. When another voice comes and says all sorts of, all sorts of things, we will know it's not the chief shepherd. And we are not to listen to that. But when you spend time with God, we know His voice. And as we listen to His voice, so things start to, to uh, work out. Uh, don't you just love that, eh? Songs. One day we'll be singing like these kids to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Eh? Such glorious little songs and big songs. It'll be glorious. Now, as I was preparing this, uh, uh, yesterday I, I just, and I, I, I was preparing and I, I just, I had a sense, so I prepared it and I, it, it felt empty. It felt like it wasn't completely there. And um, man, I wrestled and I was asking Jesus, because I believe as you, he's in my heart, he's helping. What do you want to do? What do you want to say? And um, yesterday, last night, just nothing, nothing. And then it just came to me. What the scriptures, the, towards the end of the scripture, says, and that every Knee will bow and every tongue will confess. It came to me. This speaks about the lordship of Jesus Christ. It speaks about the lordship of someone, doesn't it? Uh, that, that, you know, and how do you measure lordship? Is by our obedience. So if I am your lord and I say move, how obedient are you? If I'm your lord and I say, and I walk into a room, do you go on one knee? I just felt this word lordship. God wants to, there was a sense that he probably need, wants to address that in our, in our lives. I don't know who, I don't know, me, possibly me. And then I asked, Father, okay, I understand. Um, I understand this concept of lordship. Uh, I am your servant. I am your son. You have saved me. I have submitted myself under your lordship. Um, I'm grateful for that. Where else? What, what, where? What are you trying to point at? 
And um, then immediately my, my, what happens is when you hear this word lordship is, yes, we understand salvation, we are under his lordship, but what happens in maybe in Christian context, that the second thing that comes to mind, all I've heard is, is God lord over your finances? I've heard the, that, that comment, and I thought maybe it's that, and I, but it, it still wasn't gelling. It wasn't like, no, no, well, and then I, uh, I sense that there's, it's deeper. It's deeper than finances. It's deeper. There, there's, there's something else that God wants to maybe highlight to you individually, to us as a church, to us as his children. It's not finances uh, only. It's not the thing about salvation only. It's not some of the things that we see. It's deeper. It goes into the heart. And so this morning, the question I have for you and I is what area of your life do you believe that you have taken the Lordship of Jesus Christ out? What area? Now this is what the meaning of the word Lordship in the context of um, Christianity is. It's when a person yields to the Lordship of Jesus Christ, he or she acknowledges his ownership and gives up his or her personal rights. Yielding to the Lordship of Jesus Christ also involves total and unreserved Obedience. There's that word again. Obedience. If he is the Lord of your life, are you going to do what he tells you to do? And that's exactly right. God wants to address this area of obedience in our lives. Someone asked us to just close your eyes for, uh, this is not psychic stuff, but uh, just close your eyes if you're happy to do that. And I would like for you to just think, allow the Holy Spirit to, to maybe uh, um, reveal parts in your life that perhaps you have taken over again.
So has the Lord revealed something to you this morning? Is there an area of your life that you are not being obedient to His Lordship? See this concept about Lordship was at the very heart of Jesus in His redemptive work on the cross. Romans 14 says this, For if we live will live to the Lord. And if we die, we die to the Lord. Therefore, whether we live or die, we are the Lord's. We belong to Him. Guess what? You belong to Him in your obedience and even in your disobedience as He's told. You belong to Him. This concept about the Lordship of Jesus Christ is we can spend months studying it and understanding it. But this morning, this thing about obedience, what God, what has God said to you? And are you submitting to His Lordship? Father, you're good. I thank you, Jesus, that you are not only good, but you're full of mercy. And not only are you full of mercy, you're full of patience. You show us, you hold on, you reveal, you speak, and you wait. And this morning, God, I thank you for this word about the Lordship of your Son, Jesus. Help me, help us to submit to you wholeheartedly. Help us to be obedient to you every time and quickly. Help us, Father, to know your voice as the Chief Shepherd that we then know when to react. Thank you, God, that this, this scripture is not just a scripture we quote and, and sing about and say all the time, but this truth that at your name every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Those in, those in heaven, angels, the, us here on earth uh, who are alive in time, and those beneath the earth, the fallen angels, some say, Everything will confess, whether they like it or not, that you are God, King of the universe. Help us to continually confess that daily and bring glory to your holy name. In Jesus' strong and mighty and graceful name, I pray. Amen.